Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Thank you for joining us. I'm James Adams. He is Skeeter Robinson. This is the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast. And Skeeter, welcome in. It's, well, it's golf season, bro. I know you definitely do your share of showdown slates and NFL stuff. That's over. Super Bowl is behind us. It is 100% golf season. I can't say I'm happy to put football behind us, but when there's only that one game left, I'm, I am ready to move on to uh, looking towards spring and looking at golf courses, particularly like, you know, last weekend watching the Waste Management. It really feels good to look at some nice weather, although it's been decent where I live. Yeah, same here. Um, I mean, I'm a teacher, and it's February, and haven't taken a snow day yet this year, which, you know, so the kids, of course, aren't real thrilled with that, especially the seniors, because they don't have to make them up. But, um, yeah, like, even today I walk outside and feel like 50 degrees. Like, man, I should go get my clubs. I mean, the ground's too wet, and we're supposed to get, like, two to five inches of snow Wednesday and Thursday. So, I mean, there goes that idea. But, yeah, um, watching Pebble this week will certainly be like, oh, yeah, look at those beautiful sights and all that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, yeah, no, I think you and I are in agreement. It's like, when we get done with football, like, we love it, but, you know, it's it's a grind. I mean, you start in July with the Sirius XM show, and I start later July writing for Insider Football and then prepping all of the preseason, and then once you get into the, the 17 weeks of the regular season, the DFS season long, and then even the playoffs with, with uh, the uh, the uh, DFS there. Just, yeah, you kind of get to the end, like, you know what? I'm kind of ready for a break. Yeah, I... Uh... And because of how, and we're recording this the Monday after the Super Bowl, because of the way my golf wagers versus my Super Bowl wagers played out, like I was way more excited about golf by halftime yesterday. I felt like my over bet was toast, which means, you know, my Chiefs plus the over was toast. And so then I was just thinking about uh, the wonders of Webb Simpson in the playoff and, you know, what I'm going to do this following week. So, yeah, I'm with you. I love it. I love it for sure. I grew up playing football. I love the game. But I'm really ready for some golf, bro. So I think – I think you and I are on that same page. Uh, before we get into the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, let's, think, let's go back uh, to one of the better tournaments of the year, the Waste Management. Uh, Webb Simpson wins in a playoff on Tony Finau. Awesome stretch of 17, 18, and 18 again for Webb to come back from two under. Uh, so I had Webb in a lot of places, including at the local sports book, so I was pumped. But also, awesome tournament, man. Like You, you watch the video of people – racing, uh, you know, carnival style <laughs> to 17 or 16, rather, when they opened the gates. Um, it was just an awesome scene. I love this tournament, so I'm a little sad to see it go. I enjoyed it more, I think, than I will this upcoming one, even though Pebble Beach is great to look at. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get in. We'll get into this tournament and what a crap show it is. But, no, it's always fun to watch, especially 16 on a gust. So, like, they are just merciless, like, it, you know, I think Rom missed a green, and they're still booing him. I mean, you know, Rom's a local guy from, you know, Arizona State, and they're still just letting him have it. Or the guy's five over in a day, and he misses, and just boos rain down. Like, it's just it's – I don't like, think – it's hilarious. I don't think a lot of those guys know that. Like, they talked about it with um, – oh, now his name escapes me. He was in the final group with, uh, with Webb and Tony, and he I'm was sure. fighting – yeah, and he was fighting for his, uh, you know, his extension on his tour card, and he misses 16 in their boo, and I think it was uh, was Fowler was like, I don't think these guys realize how big of a, a deal these final couple holes are for him. Like, I know it's what goes on here, but that's got to stink for him, and I'm sure it did. Yeah, um, what did he end up finishing? Because I know I knew he was not the T. I think he needed top four to uh, to gain that card right after the medical uh, exemption. 
But I don't think that was the last tournament. I think they were saying he has a couple left to go. Yeah, but he, I'm uh, pretty sure. Oh, it was nine. Okay. Is what he finished. Yeah, and I still think that even if he doesn't get there, I still think he has the former champion on tour status, which he has not used yet. So I think, you know, I don't think he's heading down to the corn fair if he doesn't get there. Yeah, but it is an awesome scene there, right? And uh, when the guys get close, and it's it's pretty awesome. I was, uh, I don't know, though. I like, you said it before in the tournament, I'll say it now. I almost feel like 17, to me, is more exciting because of the yeah. risk-reward. Uh, who was it, Xander, who put one, like, on the green, and it just rolled off, so he went from... Or it might have been Homa, actually. It was right towards the end. Uh, one of them who wasn't really in contention, but maybe a, an eagle could have gotten him close, and the ball rolls across the green and into the water. It's like, man, that went from a look at eagle to now you're chipping, uh, trying to just get up and down for par. It's I love I love watching that hole. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's risk-reward. And, I mean, if you hit it right, then, yes, you are in great shape. But, boy, if you miss a little bit, that water, because didn't it get, um, we got somebody late. Wow. Uh, did JT go in that water? Was he? I, I don't He was prowling. I, I think it was either Homer or it was Homer or Xander. I was, at that point, very dialed into, dialed into uh, the Web Bubba uh, wagers that I had going. So, what did you get Web at, by the way? Uh, Webb was... Uh, plus 550, I think. Oh, you only bet him on Sunday only, or? No, I bet him, where are my tickets? Hold on one second. All right, well, 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 well he goes to get that. Let me just. Oh, got it in hand. Oh, oh, okay, go ahead then. They're sitting right next to me. I just didn't have it open. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Webb was plus 1100. At the start of the week? Yes. Okay. Or no, uh, yeah, 1100. So, 100, so 11 to 1 is what Webb was. Okay. Yes, uh, that's about right. Yeah, and I had uh, Bubba at... So I live close to a casino, a sports book, and it's now legal in Indiana. So I made some wagers this week. I also had Bubba at plus 2,800, so 28 to 1, um, which also I did the every way on the uh, top six, so that would cash as well. Do they have Masters odds? They do, as a matter of fact. Have them up. I think Tiger was two in the rankings. So I have the odds up right now on my phone for this week. Um but yeah, they have Masters odds out already for those. I have yet to make a Masters uh, bet. I was thinking about it, but I know I'll be back out there between now and then. So um, where are we at on the Masters? Yes, here, I'm looking at that up. But um, yeah, while I let me get those. And Skeeter, while I get those, why don't you uh, let us know what else you might take from the Waste Management Tour and the Web Win, the Finau. I don't, I don't want to say the Finau collapsed, but uh, Finau... He he let Webb back in there. He did. I mean, Webb did earn it. I mean, he birdied 17 and 18, and then even, um, you know, birdied the playoff hole. But, man, that was just, it was weird watching that, too, with uh, Webb making, I'm basically having the same putt and reading it both times on 18 twice. And Finau, I mean, he had the opposite putt, and the first time in regulation he hits it, and I think it's just bright. I mean, he probably needed a tad more pace on, but I think just shot across the hole to leave it to knock him himself. And then the second putt in the playoff, like it was the same putt again. And that thing just didn't move. So, you know, he must've been just enough over for that. Um, maybe it's time, you know, did Hideki backdoor a top 10, didn't he? 
I think so, right? He like oh, almost 15. didn't make the cut with a terrible Friday and then did find his way oh, in Oh, I was, yeah, I had three lineups. My best lineup, five of six, did not have Hideki. And we were floating between even and one under. And if we got to one under, which I was thrilled with because that meant we went from 30% six of six down to like eight or 9%. But I was rooting for Hideki to miss, and but he came back. But yeah, um, 65-68 on weekend, so... Maybe the Hideki narrative is, you know, still going to get overblown every year. Like, you don't have to play him, but still a solid finish. Um, where, where did Nate Lashley come from? Because I swear I did not remember seeing his name at all in his T3. Um, you know, I'm not sure where he came from in general. If you remember, he was uh, a conversation piece a, a little bit ago where he withdrew. He was listed as out from a previous tournament, and he did play that week. Um he really hadn't been playing good. Cause I looked at him as a guy I might be interested in this week. And in the end, I don't think I am. Mm. Um, you know, I'm just kind of looking at last week as maybe an anomaly, but there were a couple names. I mean, Max Homa kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, you know, Piercy kind of came out of nowhere. I thought too. No, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to think of it. Like, when I, when I was looking at the top 10, top 15 list from last week, like Nate Lashley, I don't remember hearing a thing about him all weekend. Yeah. I mean, he, Maybe I mean, just focused on my guys and was just not paying attention. But Getting a little off topic here, I could have a bone to pick with the TV coverage as a whole. Ugh. I mean, Webb Simpson, who ended up in the final group on Sunday, did you see any of him on Saturday? Like, the TV couldn't find him. It was Rom, it was Thomas. Like, Webb Simpson, who was yeah, I think I fired up like him. an 800. Okay, I mean, I and, you know, I'm not going to act like I watched every single shot, but... I watched a lot of it. I felt like Webb wasn't on TV at all until Sunday. Because he shot 64 Saturday, so. Oh, yeah, he had a great great Friday followed by a really good yeah, Saturday. Yeah, because they start picking him up at like 10 or 11, and then they they showed a hole-in-one for him on 12, which I was pumped at because I had him. So, I mean, well, sure. I mean, give me the bonus points there. Again, I'm going to tie for the lead, but, um, yeah, and then, okay, so there's a, there's a guy who I think is on my – don't play list until I see something better from him, and that's Ricky. Yeah, I'm. I was kind of there, and then he had a decent, uh, a decent outing. Where were we at? Two weeks ago, maybe, where he played pretty good. Yeah, the Farmers uh, and then kind of collapsed in a weekend, I think. Yeah, or that, that might. Be or was right. that the American Express? I think it was the MX actually. But. Yeah, you're right. That's right. He missed at Farmers. Uh, so yeah, I'm kind of there with y'all, though. I mean, I've got a few of those, like. You know, again, not in this field, but Molinari is there for me right now. Uh, I think we're both on that board with Jordan Speed too. So there's a few guys that will fall out. I think I'm still on board in that philosophy with Phil, even though he's coming off of a good week and about to play a place he's won a couple times. I probably will still wait and see with him, too. So there's a few guys I'm with you on that. Ricky's one of them. I mean, he doesn't look like the guy who's who's uh, top five to all four majors. Now, I know you, you do just do top six when you bet, right? You're, you don't do top ten or anything like that? This was week number one, dog. Let me tell you, this was uh, this was intro. This was uh, Golf Bets 101 for me. So that's what I did this week. Um, I thought about some top tens, but I feel like you got to go pretty far down the list. like uh, Because the particular uh, sports book I went to, they don't allow me to parlay top tens um, or make cuts or whatever. So it's not like I could put a a DJ and a Rory. And, you know, by the time I parlay them all, I, I end up with some odds. So, uh, no, I, I did not. I think I'll stick with top fives or top sixes, I should say. Um, 
But who knows? This is this is uh, this is a new thing for me, bro. Do I think there's a guy that I think if you just want to flying top ten every week, you'll probably get decent odds on him, and maybe he's just somebody that if you're playing multiple lines that you just if you see him in a field, you've got to throw him in. And it's your boy Adam Long, another t- uh, eighth solo eighth. I mean, he's just kind of randomly starting to pop up in some of these events. Like, doesn't contend to win, but he's kind of hanging around enough that. I don't know, to the point I think you might want to start throwing him in some blind top tens or tournaments, and, you know, it seems like he'll probably get you a couple. Yeah, Hoagie's probably a guy like that. I thought about him this week. I didn't, and I'm glad because he was 25th, I think. I think Hoagie's run might be coming to an end. Could be. Could be. Um, One guy who, I'll tell you what, doesn't end up with a pretty final score, but, like, boy, the guy makes birdies, Harry Higgs. Uh, he's another guy where... I'm, I'm waiting to see. Last year, for me, it was the year of co-crack. I'm not sure it's going to be that year for me. And Sabatini, of course. Um, those are guys that could be uh, frequent plays for me this year. Yeah. So, so no, um, I do have those Masters odds for you. Oh. And then we'll, uh, we'll jump into the field. But now, again, this is the, uh, the Hollywood Casino in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. So this is their odds. This isn't across the board, but a pretty good um, pretty good bet. Uh Pun on words there. Pretty good uh, uh, baseline for what you'll see elsewhere. But, yeah, McElroy right now the favorite, uh, plus 800. So bet 100 win, 800 is what these numbers all are based on, $100 bets. Brooks Kepka is 1,000. So is Rom. So is Tiger. DJ's 1,200. JT's 14. Then you get a little bump. You start to get some payout. Xander is 22. So is Jordan. Uh, Ricky at 25. Rose is 25. Cantlay, 28. Fleetwood, 28. Uh, Bryson, 33, Finau, 33, Hideki, Reed, Webb, Bubba, all at 33. And then you get to 45, you've got Day and Scott, Paul Casey, Leishman at five. Uh, and and honestly, you can if you want to see further down, you can Google. But there's your, like, top 20 or whatever right now. You said Casey was 45 to one? Uh, no, he's the first one at plus 5,000, so uh, under 125. Oh. Yeah, so... If I were to make my five dollar bet, what would that win? Two fifty, I think. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna be sending you five on that one too. Um, do that. You know. You know what? I'll uh, I'll support I'll support the five for you. You don't even have to send it to me. Oh sweet. Thanks. Well, uh, I'll keep a tab running. Don't worry. Absolutely. So yeah, I haven't made any masters bets. Like I said, I, I was telling you before we started the podcast here that I don't know if I like this field enough to go cash my winners and put them up this week. I might wait for Riviera, but we'll see. Wednesday could hit and I'll be bored and. You know, it's only a twenty-minute drive, so what's, we'll what's, see how that plays out. What's Bubba? What's his name? Uh, Bubba is plus thirty-three right now, so thirty-three hundred, so thirty-three to one odds. Hmm, that's that's an interesting number. Because doesn't that go? Because if he plays well at Riviera, where he's won like three times, doesn't that go down? Probably. Um, it may not. Probably. I mean, I certainly know that. Uh. You know, since the Reds have added some players, their odds went down over there at the uh, casino. So, I mean, these are obviously changing odds. These aren't going to be what they are come come uh, April, but possibly, yeah. And like I said before, I think again before the broadcast, like I'm going to love Bubba next week. He's right. not in the field this. I'm going to love him next week. So, yeah, I can see his odds going down. He's playing well. I mean, it. You you could uh, you could you could twist my arm to make uh, the play for him now. No, two names you mentioned that I that intrigued me. Justin Rose at twenty five to one. Like I know, I know he burned me a year ago, 
at the Masters, but he historically really played well there. So that would be one name. Um, the other one, did you say 22 on Xander? Yep. Yep. Oh, boy. I don't remember what his uh, Augusta history is, but, man, that is, you know, for somebody who likes to show up to big events, that feels like one he could definitely show up to. And I almost feel like that's about where I'd get started. I could see myself jumping in on DJ at 12. Um, What's Thomas, 14? Yep, 14, correct. That seems a little, I mean, for like a top three player in the world, that seems a little high. Like, yeah. it should be lower, so I, I would think. Yeah, I could see myself jumping into those. I mean, I'm not sure if, uh, you know, as much as I like want to see Rory get that career slam, I'm not sure if plus 800 is enough to throw down on it no, right now. No, no. Rob's with 10. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, yeah, you can, I mean, literally just Google Hollywood Casino Sportsbook, and that's uh, where I get oh. to these odds. And then what I love is I can build these bets in my house and then just show up and they scan a little thing, and, and we're off and running. So, yeah, um, supposedly we're here in Illinois, we're supposed to get casinos by March, or, or I'm sorry, not casinos, we're supposed to get uh, sports betting by March Madness, like for the first ones. Unfortunately, I don't think there's any near me, so I might have to go find one. Because then I think once you sign up in person, you can do it online, which which it'll be a lot easier for me. So, um, yeah, golf is really the one that I'm looking forward to and trying to find some of these odds. Um, I had a really good time building these bets, and obviously the fact that Webb won and Bubba top sixed, and I had Benny on, who was top sixing for a long time before his putter fell apart, like – I had a blast yesterday, and I only made $5 bets. I didn't go overboard or anything. But, uh, you know, I had a blast. And um, obviously when your guys are winning, it changes things. But even when Webb was losing, I was like, well, heck, I'm going to break even through all the, you know, even with the foolish bets I threw down, like the 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 top twos and the, well, the Hoffman bet, which was a bet <laughs> of love that I'll make again. But it is what it is. So, yeah, I loved it, man. I'm looking forward to doing it some more. And uh, But that didn't stop me from playing uh, playing DFS either. And, I definitely had a few lineups that I was uh, – I know 6 of 6 was for me this week, but I did have uh, some 5 of 6 that cashed. Uh, actually, I had a 4 of 6 that cashed. It was, oh, nice. I guess, kind of good, <laughs> right? Hey, it had those two swing and misses. I'll tell you what, for me, I mean, hitting, get, getting able to um, – I had Rom and uh, Webb, and I, that just kind of paid off, and Hoagie was able to, to kind of continue on the journey there too. So, And, again, Harry Higgs with his – scoring ability really helped me cash like I was easily inside the cash line so uh, my first cash of the year which I desperately needed um we took eighth in my season-long contest so I go from three missed cuts to an eighth so I was like oh okay kind of back in it one and done uh, yeah Rom I'll take it t9 was hoping for a little bit better but um I think I I'm thinking of an off the board pick this week for for uh Pebble all right it's and it's kind of early for me to to like, I was thinking about, like, even if you didn't have a great one-and-done pick, do you go off the board yet? There's so much season left. Like, is it time to get crazy? Now, as as you're aware, I did not get in the one-and-done you did because I'm a procrastinator. So I ended up getting in the one we were in last year, which had some issues, but I needed some action. I couldn't find another one. So <laughs> I'm in the two-and-done again. And, well, after week one, your man's in first place because nice. I had Webb and Bubba as my two picks. Um, nice. So I've, I've currently renamed my uh, entry Webbins of Mass Destruction. 
I know that's terrible, and I'm very happy to see it at the top of the leaderboard. Wonderful. I made that change in my name last night after the Super Bowl. Infer what you will from that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, like, are, are you a little leery of – it's still early February. Like, this season plays out for a long time. Like, isn't it a little early to get crazy with the uh, the need to, to go off the board? Um, not really. Like, if you have a reason, like – because imagine if you hit. Imagine if you're the one playing Kevin Streelman and he wins. Like, first of all, you're going to be lone wolf. So depending on your one-and-done pool, it might even be double earnings or points. Um, but if you can hit one of these random, like if you hit, hit Andrew Landry at the American Express, I mean, yeah, sure, I mean, I mean, it's a huge advantage. Or even if you hit Leishman. Like, I think as, if you have a reason, go for it. Like, I'm thinking the guy that I'm planning on using this week is probably low-owned because he's not in the best form, but happens to like this course. And a small I, sample size. I uh, so, so, Strillman is one of the guys I wrote down if I were to go uh, do some, like, wins, top six kind of bets, and his odds will be very high. Um, so I'm with you there. I don't know. I just – I can't – my philosophy going into this season when it came to one and done was – in this particular contest, there's 25 contests, and you pick two golfers. That means you really – my philosophy was I don't want to go too far out of the top 50 in the official world golf rankings, period, for the course of the season. Now, I did it in week one already because Bubba was ranked 55th at the time, but I didn't go very far out of it. And I also felt like Bubba was going to be inside the top 50 when the year ended. Um, so I thought I was going to try and attack it this year by just not trying to get cute ever. And I see where you're saying, you know, it's Streelman wins, and you're the only his, and obviously that's a massive hit. Like, that but, might be a little too cute, but yeah. Yeah, but in the end, I don't want to find myself in the final week and be looking at, you know, four guys inside the top 20 that I didn't use because I just was saving them for something and never got around to it. And I guess that's where I'm at with the idea of just trying to stay inside that line of the top 50. Right, and, and you're going to have, like, like tournaments like Valspar, um, Valero, you mean potentially Charles Schwab. You have to, you might not. Those aren't as real deep a field. And then once you get into summer, like the Rocket Mortgage, the 3M, the John Deere, maybe the Olympics. I don't know if you, I don't know if you get to pick the Olympics or not, but um, I don't think so. Yeah, so you're gonna have to pick some random guys there too. You know, you're hoping maybe to. I don't know if this is gonna be a year where we get the hot college players like we did last year with Hovland, Wolf, and uh, Morikawa, but, um, I mean, somebody will emerge, like the Lucas Glover, Jason Kokrak from a year ago, Sabatini right. type, like, so yeah, I, I certainly get it, um, I don't, like, my, like, the one I'm planning on using this week's maybe a little cute, but it's, I don't know, we'll see. All right, well, let's, let's do this, let's get into the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, uh, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, and then, uh, we'll, we'll get to those Final thoughts on the one and dones once we once we wrap it up. But let's take a look at the tournament. So this is again three different course rotation to start uh, the week weekend really, and then the cut will be made after Saturday when all players have played all three courses. The final round will be everyone's second round of Pebble Beach. The first three rounds will involve the amateurs as well. So there is just a whole lot going on that makes this different than a normal tournament. Yeah, this one's just kind of a bizarre tournament. So yes. 
It is a three-course rotation. They will use uh, Monterey Peninsula, which was traditionally the easiest of the three. I think it to, like uh, 2017 it played the, or the 20, uh, yeah, 2017 actually played the toughest of the three because that's the one that's sitting, it's sitting right on the um, ocean too, kind of similar to Pebble, or it's kind of right on the Pacific. You have Spyglass Hill, which is a tough course, but is kind of shielded a little bit, or at least shielded the most from the weather. I think they have a few holes along the ocean, but not as much. They have trees that kind of block some of that. And then Pebble. So, yeah, it's 56, uh, or I'm sorry, 52 golfers at each course the first three days. So it's a 156-person field. They all have amateur partners, and this is the one, you know, this isn't the American Express where you've never heard of these partners. This is like DA Points and Bill Murray, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Bill Belichick, Larry the Cable guys, like Clint Eastwood's, uh, not Eastwood anymore, but you, you will know some of these celebrities, and the, really the main celebrity um star players will end up at Pebble on Saturday because that way CBS can sit there and interview them all day in between holes or whatever. So most of your, most, I think the rotation, I don't remember the rotation. I don't remember if it's, I want to say it's Monterey Spyglass Pebble, but I don't know. But anyway, they'll all play each course once. The weird thing, this, the only other weird rule about this one is it is top 65 in ties that make the cut and get paid. However, if there is a... It's basically to place Sunday's top 60 in ties because of the fact that the amateur partners are still playing Sunday and they need to get in with the limited daylight. And I think they go off split tees, but I don't fully remember that one. So I think I use this as the example. If, if you have 62 golfers at minus 5, all the minus 4 golfers will quote-unquote, make the cuts. They will earn FedEx cut points. They will earn a paycheck. So that's probably for one-and-done purposes, somewhat significant. But they will not play Sunday. So it's kind of like an MDF in a way. Like, this is the now, only tournament that kind of does it this way. It's bizarre. It's So it's not the best tournaments. And, by the way, you will get zero coverage, I would assume, at Spyglass or Monterey Peninsula. Everything will be at Pebble, so... It's just, it's going, and with all the celebrities, it's almost kind of a little bit more of a, you know, it's kind of like the Super Bowl a little, a little bit, where there's a lot of <laughs> entertainment involved, so not not necessarily the sport itself is the main focus. Yeah, and, and that's that's true, but it's still, I mean, if you remember, this was the tournament last year, right, which, uh, this was this where uh, Paul Casey and Phil ended up finishing on Monday? Yeah, because they got, I think they got delayed by fog, if I remember right, early in. Some early, kind of weather, yeah. Yeah. And Phil wanted to finish out. Paul was like down two or three, saying, "Nope, nope, we are not finishing." And then yeah. they played seventeen and eighteen on uh, Monday morning. So that was a weather delay, yeah. But you also have slow play when you have amateurs out there. It is what it is. Uh, yeah, I think we we all play and we understand. <laughs> right. So you know, this is one where maybe if you look at guys who consistently play here and have done well, like they adapt to this slow pace format. Um, so I like, I'm surprised like Keegan isn't here. Uh, is Kevin not here? Some more of these. Kevin Na is yes. Yeah, so like some more of these slower type players. You know maybe they're fit in. Maybe a Bryson, but but yeah, you you know guys who traditionally played well here. It's pretty you know, and a lot of them keep the same partners every year. Like I know Casey's like partner is like the head of like some bank. You know I think they're really good friends. Um, Streelman with Larry Fitzgerald, D points with Bill Murray, like 
there's probably a comfort level just now. Like, I don't know who Phil plays with, and he's been so successful here. But, um, so, yeah, that's just kind of the way this tournament goes. It's just, you know, and um, for all the Shot Tracker fans, it's only at Pebble. So, you you know, you won't get Shot Tracker at Monterey or Spyglass. So, it's just another annoying tournament. So, and just a, a little aside here for those that maybe have Smithsonian Channel, have watched the program Aerial America. I know I've mentioned this to you before, yeah. probably on the podcast of this tournament last year. But if you see anything on Pacific Coast Highway, they'll do the state of California as a whole. I think they'll even seg segregate North and South uh, California, Northern and Southern. If you get a chance to peek at it, turn it on, you might see some awesome views of Pebble and some of the other courses in that area. Um I think of those views and I'm like, that that TV show has done it great. So if you ever stumble across it, just take a peek at it. Um, before we get into the field, I want one, I have one final question for you, Skeeter. And yep. this being a pro-am, is there, would you weigh more heavily, you know, I'm a, one, what stats are you weighing heavily because of the three courses? And, you know, can you find some common ground? But an aside to that is, are you weighing more heavily the American Express tournament because players who did well there did well, well, with, with an amateur partner? I think there, you can use that a little bit as a correlation. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd go this year only too small a sample size, and I realize sample size in golf is you know pretty thin. But, yeah, if there's a guy who traditionally has played well at American Express and even has played somewhat well here, like I'm looking um like Adam Hadwin plays really well at, at the American Express, He's played here twice with an 18th and 30th. I, you know, he must be comfortable with that. And, you know, sometimes the personality kind of goes into that. As far as stats, when I look at this, um, there's a lot of par fours between 350 and 450. Like, these are all short courses. Uh, uh, 70, par 72, 71, I think. I don't, I don't think anything's over 7,000. Maybe Spyglass is. So, short courses... So I, I'm looking at those short par fours. I also think wedge distance, like 100 to 125 yard proximity. Uh, we traditionally see like minus 15, minus 20 win this. So birdies are better. Uh, putting keeps showing up. Like when I looked at you know, total sh like short game, how relying on it, it was like pretty big. And then when you look break down short game, a lot of it was putting. Like you don't necessarily need to scramble a ton here. You just have to hopefully be able to make some putts and then. Because of Pebble, you have to hit greens. Those greens are pretty small, tough to hit. So greens and regulation will play a role into that as well. Do not need driving distance. Uh, distance will not matter. Like your, your Kisners of the world, your Russell Knoxes, not the longest hitters, they can find fairways. That will be more than adequate for them. And the pros are teeing off from the same tees as the amateurs, right? I don't know that for sure. Okay. I just assume that that's uh, part of it in that it would, A, keep play going a little quicker when everybody tees off the same spot. And, and two, uh, I'm pretty sure they do, but that would be why the course doesn't get to 7,000, right? Because the amateurs just can't hang in that. Well, no, because I don't even think Pebble normally plays 7,000. Like, I don't think they have many options to extend that course just because of limited real yes. estate. Like, I'm not even sure played 7,000, or maybe barely got over 7,000 for the U.S. Open last year. Which, by the way, you can look at last year's U.S. Open a little bit, but this is completely different with the amateur format and not the, the USGA trying to screw it up. So, Plus time of year, right? I mean, beyond the pin placements and the growth of the rough, a time of year is a factor, too. Right, and, and even the pin placements tend to be a little 
easier because of the amateurs. Like, they're not going to tuck some of these pins. They'll wait for Sunday, to, especially like that tuck that pin at like back left on 17, that par three, which is traditionally like one of the toughest holes on the course. Anything else about this tournament before we get into the field? I don't think so. This is not the strongest field you'll ever see, and you're going to notice that with some of these prices. Like, some of these guys are priced a lot higher than we're used to seeing. Yeah, I would agree with you. Let's let's get into the field, and we'll start where we do every week, 10K+. plus. We'll start with Dustin Johnson at 11.6. Patrick Cantlay's 10.9. Paul Casey's 10.5. Jason Day's 10.3. Brant Snedeker, 10.1. Of those five, Skeeter, is there one that screams your favorite play? Well, I mean, I don't need a reason to play Dustin Johnson. But Dustin Johnson at Pebble Beach is the one I probably play every single year. I will continue to do it every single year. He's won here twice, you know, in, 20, in 09 and, and 10. Even if you want to look after that, I don't, I don't have what he did in 11. But he's got five top five finishes here, including even a couple of years ago when he surprisingly lost to Ted Potter, which was a shock. But he's just so good here. I realize the recent, the recent form has not been great. Like, he's not going to rate out very well in short-term stat models. Long-term, he rates out very well. He did have some struggles towards the end of last season. But I believe he was second in Saudi Arabia last week, and from what I yep. heard, he could not make a putt to save his life. Yes, so, he was definitely second. Yeah, and he had some horrible approach uh, numbers at the Tour Championship and the BMW, so that's why you know, some of his stats are going to really be skewed in the short term, but... I mean, he's, he's what, I think betting-wise, he's like 7-1, to one, and then the next bet's like 13, 14, 15 to 1. Like, he's the class of this field. There's some, I actually like, there's some 6K golfers I really like, even early 7. So, for me, I mean, Dustin Johnson, 11-6, I realize the stats aren't going to be there. I kind of hope people kind of get off of him for that reason, but I usually just take him at pebble and move on. Yeah, and I don't blame you. He's plus 650 at the uh, Lawrenceburg, Indiana sportsbook. Um, he's my number two. My number one, and I'll be honest with you, I, there's four guys I kind of really like and one that I'm just going to stay away from in this tier. So price is what's going to determine who I actually use. Uh, but I have my, my favorite is Paul Casey. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, finished second here last year. And that's a factor. Casey plays, you know, he's one of the top players in the world. Second, eighth year before. So that's a good sign. He finished 21st at the American Express the last time out. So, again, leaning towards the plays with amateurs. Well, he's done it here a couple years in a row. Did it at the Amex a couple of weeks ago. He was 19th at Century Tournament of Champions. Not great. 38th at HSBC going back in October. Not great. Not what I'm looking for out of a 10K guy. But he played good enough at the Amex along with his history here. I'm going to go with Paul Casey. Maybe I'm remembering too much of that Monday finish last week or last year. No, um, no, because he rates out, he rates out very well uh, long term, even short term. He's still like 11th and 12th. So, no, he's probably he's probably my second. You know, I think my second and third are pretty close together. Mm-hmm. But no, over 24 rounds, Casey in this field, uh, second from 350 to 400 par fours. Third in greens of regulation, third tee to green. Seventh in par five strokes game. Like, he hits all the metrics you want. The only thing with Paul Casey is can he make a putt, and that has been an issue. I think the year he was, the year he finished eighth, I think he, um, 
I want to say he might have held the lead going into Sunday, just could not make a putt to save his life. So I'm with you on Paul Casey. For me, I told you he's my number two. My probably either 2B or 2A or maybe slight three is Patrick Cantley at 10-9. I mean, the guy's in pretty good form. Race second tee to green, second birdies are better. Um, he was number one for me over 12, 50, and 100 rounds as far as this model goes. Like, it, this is just not a strong field. And I said, if I like all these 6Ks, I might just go to the same strategy I did a week ago, which is kind of, you know, last week I built, built three lines. I had two of Rom, Hideki, and Webb in every single, you know, I kind of mixed them all around, so I had the combination of each. I could see myself doing something similar this week with DJ Cantlay and Casey, where I just play... DJ Cantley, DJ Casey, then Cantley Casey, and kind of build from there. Uh, I could get behind that. Um, as far as the the three lineups in the stagger, I like that, of course. I said DJ's my number two, and he is, but just to, to get a little uh, coverage on somebody else here, I would play Brant Snedeker, too, to be honest with you. I liked, again, I, I mean, it's the 10K tier. They're all good. I could see Snedeker being cut last week. Um being really, I mean, he's the lesser of these four names up here. Uh, he could argue maybe that he's playing better than Day and he's, you know, done more on tour than Cantlay. But to me, he's the lesser of these five names. But he's got a great course history here. And before not making the cut at waste management, and he was plus two, it's not like he was terrible. Uh, you know, he was one over par two days in a row. He finished third at Farmers. He was 12th at the Sony Open. So we'd seen some good form from Sneds. And a place he's won twice, I'll give him a chance here. Yeah, he's probably my fade here. Like, I just, he doesn't seem to be in the same tier. Like, even Jason Day, like, Jason Day is just a wild card at this point. Like, you never know which version of him you're going to get. And, I mean, when you look at his tournament history, I mean, five top tens, 11th and 64th the past seven years. There might, like, I'm, if I go, I'm I'm debating, again, my how many lines am I going to play this week? Like, I might just say, you know, this is a, a screwy enough tournament where I might just say, you know what, I'm just going to go play 10 or 20. I can see myself throwing day into one just because it's a course history. And, you know, even, you know, right when we think Jason Day's kind of hurts or, you know, oh, you know, he pulled a muscle, is he going to play? This is when he goes and wins tournaments. So mm -hmm. there's just a wild card factor with him. Was 16th of the Farmers, granted most of the strokes were around the green, my issue with him is his irons have not been very good. He has not gained on approach since the 3M back in early July. Yeah, I'm interested in him. So my fade out of this group is Patrick Cantlay. Okay. I, I said a couple months ago, or probably a couple weeks ago, that I think he could be ready to break out and win a major. My reasoning for fading Cantlay versus this group, it's a slim margin. I mean, rest assured, I, I love Patrick Cantlay. I like him this year. I expect him to make the cut, do decent, but I'm not looking for him to, you know, his couple of times out here, a long time ago when he was a baby, he did pretty good out here, but his last two times out, let's see, Cantlay going back all the way to 2013, he finished ninth, but the last two times out here were 35th and 48th, and he's coming off of a 34th in Abu Dhabi, and then he's, uh, you know, so for me, it's a slim margin. Look, he was fourth at Tournament Champions. Going back to October, he was second at Shriners. It's not like he can't win it, but... I'm just going to fade him based on a little course history and uh, the fact that he wasn't in great form the last time I saw him. So I'm trying to see what he did. It. He was 21st at the U.S. Open here. Day was 21st. Snedeker. Sned. 
Stedeker is 77th. Bad, bad, bad Monday, and, or bad Thursday, Sunday for him. Dustin was 35th, and who's the other guy in this? Oh, Casey, 21st. Okay. Yeah. So none of these guys did terribly great. The Kucher 16th when we get there. I I get your argument, and I'm usually on fade can't lay. I just he feel. I mean, it just feels like DJ can't lay Casey on their own tier, and everybody else just kind of mixed in there. I'm not. I'm not arguing that at all. It's a thin margin when you get to the 10Ks, and so by every one of these guys could win it. There's no question about that in my mind. So um, I don't know. I think we hit all those guys pretty good. You ready to hit the 9Ks? Yep. All right. We've got a uh, a group that I personally don't like. But we'll see what we make of it. Matt Kuchar is 99. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick's 9,700. Phil Mickelson, 95. Brennan Grace, 93. Uh, Graham McDowell, 92. Hovland is 91. Jordan Spieth, 9K even. So I'll ask you, Skeeter, out of those six, seven golfers, who is your favorite? Well, I've kind of alluded to the fact that there's somebody who I think could go over, uh, I won't say overlooked, but it's going to go a little under owned as far as a one-and-done trying to be unique and different, and he actually falls in this range. And It's going to be Victor Hovland at 9,100. Um, if you remember back at the U.S. Open, he finished 12th here, and he kind of he was in that mm-hmm. feature group with uh, was it Kepka and Molinari because he was the U.S. Open champion and the Open champion, and he held himself pretty well. The he reason did. why he was the, US, the defending U.S. Am champion is because he won the U.S. Am here at Pebble Beach. So, you know, I realize that that's not going to, either of those are going to show up as far as my tournament history file that I have on my fancy fix. But if you dig in a little bit, it's there. Over 24 rounds, he's, he's first in my model, actually. He's first tee to green. He's ninth in that par four from 350 to 400. Rates well in the four to 450 range well. He actually rates out well in every single stat category except proximity with his wedges. 9,100, I mean, he feels like he has more upside than a lot of these guys above him. I realize he's not in the best form, but he's coming to a track where he won a USAM. He was 12th at the US Open. I'm willing to take a shot on him and his talent for that reason. His form scares me a lot, but you make a lot of good points. Um, And guys bounce out of things, and this could be a place where he's going to have a really good feeling to bounce out of it. Um, I'm just going to go real, probably what's chalky in this group. I'm going to go with Matt Kuchar. Come, comes off the 16th last week, and, you know, we know Cooch was playing out of his mind last year. He, for me right now, with the way Phil's playing, and I know we'll probably get to him in a minute, but he had a great week last week. Before that, he hadn't been playing so well. I feel like he's the class of this this group. 22nd here last year, 62nd the year before. Like, there are a lot of negatives on Coocher. He doesn't seem to be playing as great as he was recently. I just don't like this tier. So I like Kucher as my favorite play here. I could see myself setting a lot of lineups that have nothing to do with this nine K tier, though. Well, apparently you're going to be you're you're not the only one. As I I pulled up the ownership again very early. This is a seven fifteen Eastern on a Monday night on Fantasy National. Um, the entire ten K range is at approximately fifteen percent or higher. The nine K range, the highest price or the highest owned guy early is Victor Hovland at eleven and a half. Everybody else is in single digits, like Fitzpatrick's at ten, you know, nine and a half. But yeah, I th- I think we're beginning to see that this is going to be a stars and scrubs type of approach. 
Which means if you want to start off with two or three guys in the nine Ks, you are going to be extremely different this week. That, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I just I don't know. There just seems to be a lot of warts on this nine K tier for me. Well, it's I think it's part of this is it's the price bias. Like, is there that big of a difference yeah. right now between Brendan Grace at ninety three hundred and Kevin Kisner at eighty five hundred, or Fitzpatrick at ninety seven, or Cam Champ at eighty eight? Like. There just seems to be a lot of these similar names just kind of banding together, and you know I think it's just kind of like, well, why why don't I just save some money here? Yeah, I'm right there with you. So, um, yeah, my fave is Kucher. My favorite. I need to make sure I say that clearly. Uh, you said Hoblin. If you don't go with Hoblin, where else are you going in this tier? I'm really not. Um, I'm I'm actually with you. I do not like the tier <laughs> at all. If I had to, I guess I will just go to defending, uh, or not defending, a prior U.S. Open champion who won last week in Saudi Arabia, and that's Graham McDowell. Uh, he is a guy who does play coastal courses very well, so, you know, and having won a U.S. Open here, what did he do back? I, did he miss the cut back in uh, the U.S. Open? No, he was T-16. Yeah, he was actually very good. Okay. I mean, he, he plays well here. So, I certainly could get there with Graham McDowell, you know, I do, of course, it's the week after a win, but he's a veteran enough that I think he can figure it out. His stats aren't going to be great because he does play a little bit over on the Euro Tour, but um, I'll just play the the short course, coastal course, has won a U.S. Open here, play on Graham McDowell. If Graham McDowell didn't win last week, he might be my favorite play in this tier. I worry about a guy who hasn't won in half a decade having a big celebration, and rightly so, and then having to go halfway around the world to play golf a couple days later. I mean, let's hold up a minute here. Isn't he from Northern Ireland? Yeah. Like, if anybody could handle a celebration, wouldn't it be some of these Irish and these Northern Irish folk? As as a guy with a big red beard, you're, I'm not going to argue with you, but I'm here to tell you, I was invited to play golf today, and I generally don't go out to play golf the day after the Super Bowl because I, well, I, uh, I had a reversal of fortune the last time I did. So, yeah, we can handle it a little bit, and I'm sure he can, but we're talking about, I would imagine, a massive celebration considering, A, I, I don't know if he cares about the Super Bowl, but, A, he hasn't won in six years, and if he made his way to so SoCal, we're talking party time, right? Or it was he hadn't won in six years on the European tour. Yeah, so that's I, it. He won Putacana last year opposite of uh, the match play events. Okay. And then he actually turned around the next week and was seventh at Valero. All right. Which does not seem like a course that would really fit him down in Texas. I mean, Charlie Hoffman Invitational course. Uh, Thank you. Valero, open, Texas Open. So, well, I mean, he bounces back from that one. Um, I, I might be reading too much into it because I literally thought about it. I was like, man, if he didn't win, if he was the one who finished T3 instead of Phil, like I'd probably make him my favorite player in this tier. And, and I may be reading more into that than I should. I may come off of that feeling a little bit. But I also just don't know that Graham McDowell's a $9,200 player. I get he plays Pebble really well. Well, and coming off the win, and again, this yeah. is a weaker field. I mean, yeah, he is one of the few top 50 in the world in this field. So Yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, that's fair. I'm, I'm not going to bash your pick. I do like Graham McDowell. I could see myself having a lineup with him. I like him as a player, too. Uh, my second in this tier, I'm going to go with Brandon Grace. Uh, you know, coming off of a decent little run here. And then you couple that. I mean, he looked decent, right, last week at, uh, or yesterday, Waste Management. 
And uh, Brandon Grace is decent here. Let me find that. No, he hasn't um, played. No, no, he doesn't have any course history. I think that's where there were other guys here that I didn't like. But, uh, yeah, so Brandon Grace is my two. Again, I don't like this tier. I might not go in it. And he did miss the cut, by the way, uh, at the U.S. Open. Brandon Grace. Um, he'll be my fade. I don't trust the guy. Um, okay, that, that's fair. I mean, Spieth has at least a good history here. I think he gained an approach in round two, so maybe he figures something out. Fitzpatrick, I mean, Fitzpatrick in the state, so that's probably not a great play. Phil, I mean. Not for me. Hey, didn't we have the same discussion in the American Express? Like, gosh, he just plays this course so well. And he missed the cut there, and it goes to uh, yeah. Saudi Arabia, finishes third. Like, maybe he knew what he was doing by not going to Phoenix for the first time in 30-plus years. But, um, yeah, I just, outside of Hovland, outside of McDowell, I just, not for, this tier's not for me. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm My fade, I mean, I'm just going to stay on uh, our brand here. It is, Spieth, and the reason yeah. is, I mean, you watched him play. I watched him play Thursday. He was terrible, man. He couldn't control anything. You know, like, when he was on TV, it was nothing but him yelling at himself. And uh, until that changes, I'm not playing 9K for him. So I'll just keep it where it's always at. My fate is Jordan Spieth. Well, the weird thing, too, is he lost nearly three strokes putting, and that's usually a Jordan Spieth uh, staple. He was he was even in an approach to actually gain a stroke off the tee, which is not terrible for him. So let's see. Can I see? What, what, can I look at his? Uh... Never mind. I was going to see if I could try to pull up his... Uh per round, but I couldn't do that quick enough, so we'll just move on. All right, well, let's. Uh, you ready to take it to the 8K tier? Yep. I think I'd like this tier quite a bit, and that would make sense if I'm not going to go 9K. Got to spend some money somewhere. So we got Daniel Berger, 89, Cam Champ, 88, Alex Noren, 87, Knox, 86, Kisner, 85, RCB, 84, Homa, 83, Chez, 82, Adam Hadwin, 81, and a player I'm not all that familiar with, Kirk Kitayama, is at 8K even. Uh, the the latter being a European an American, but a guy who plays on the European tour, who's had some pretty good finishes, I believe, too recently. Yeah, yeah, he's. I think I looked him up. He was sixty fifth or sixty sixth in the World Golf Rankings right now. Yeah, no, that sounds right. Um, I, I'm glad you like this tier because I do not. <laughs> um, okay. And maybe this I mean, again. This is probably why I'm just like you know what I'm just gonna go with stars and scrubs because. I just don't love this AK tier. If I'm playing anybody, it's Kevin Kisner. Like, we, uh, you like playing Kisner on short courses. He's had success at Heritage, maybe a couple other uh, coastal courses along the way. Like, I'd have to look to see what, what his, uh, his coastal, coastal course history is. I think he's played okay here the two two or three times he's played here. Um, 28th and a 10th. Yeah, there's some miscuts in there, so... A little bit risky. I uh, did miss the cut of the American Express, but prior to that, fourth at Sony, 14th at Tournament Champions, 7th at Hero, and again, all three of those are played kind of on a coastal course. So, um, 17th overall, my model. He does rank fourth in those short par fours, 350 to 400. 13th in putting, 22nd tee degree. 8,500 is probably a fair price. I at least know what I'm somewhat getting from Kisner. So, I guess kind of by default, he's my favorite play but again i'm i'm not loving this tier as, as much as you are so the floor is yours mr adams um uh, you know some of the love here is the fact that i like a lot of guys in this tier uh as much as i like in the 9k and i'm saving on them and i'll start right at the top my favorite and there are about three guys that 
I had to I had to flip a three sided coin to pick here. But what, what, what's the third side? Heads, tails, and sides. <laughs> I don't know. The point was there were three sides that I liked. Uh, but yeah, sides. It's heads, tails, and, and middles. Okay. I, I have nothing else, but I had a roll my side of dice. How's that? Um, but I'm going to go with Daniel Berger. Uh, been playing well lately. It's been a long time since he played in this tournament. He finished 10th. Um, but coming off ninth last week, he was 29th at the American Express. Express. He's been pretty consistent, 38th, 17th. Got to go back to October when he was cut. And before that, he had an 18th and a 23rd as well. So a lot of solid finishes. His best coming last week. He's playing very well. Been a while, but when he played here last time, he finished 10th. So I like a few guys here. I'm going to pick Daniel Berger as my favorite. He uh, He's a whammy for me. Um, All right. So, so last week he gained 7.8 strokes total. 7.6 strokes putting. Troublesome. Which is always a concern for me, considering he'd been missing a lot of strokes putting prior to that. Uh, does rank 5th birdies or better, 3rd and par 5 strokes gained, and 13th from par 4s at 400 or 450. 119th from 350 to 400. That's odd. But, um, yeah, I, that putting scares me. I get it. I get it. Um, if you do not go with Kisner, I know you're not going burger. Where else would you go? I mean, I worry a little bit about accuracy, especially at Pebble. But Cameron Champ rates out very well for me statistically, 8,800. Fifth Tita Green, fourth in birdies, second from Power Force at 400, 450. Fifth the worst from 350 to 400. So this is probably just up here of, you know, if he wants to try to bomb and gouge and these are short enough courses that, you know, if he can do it on the holes where there's not the Pacific Ocean as a penalty to one side or the other, maybe he would be able to suit well here. Did he did he play the U.S. Open last year? I don't know. He did not. Came and look at that. Um, so I get uh, just his distance, his scoring ability would be why I look there. I believe he... Wasn't he, like, 10th here last year? Um, no, 20th. Yeah, he was okay. Somebody else was 10th. So, he was fine. Um, but, again, it's just, there's nobody else. There's one guy who is really, going to write out really well, and I'm going to hold off on him, but I just think he's going to be highly owned, and I'm just not going to observe Chalk Week for this gentleman. For, for what it's worth, Champ was my number two, but I said I had to flip a three-sided coin, so I may as well tell you who the other guy was, and you already went into Cameron Champ. I like Russell Knox this week too, man. Yep, and that's, that's, that's the guy. He's going to be the chalky one, huh? Yeah. Um, you know, again, decent golfer as far as just everywhere he plays. Uh, has been playing very well going back to 2019 here in the, on the PGA Tour. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, decent here as well. Uh, where's old Russ at? Russell Knox, 14th and 15th are his last two finishes here. Um, I don't know. I like, I mean, again, another guy like in this tier. And he's a little bit cheaper than Berger and Champ. Not a whole lot. He's still on the high end of this tier, but I like him too. And if we remember back to the American Express, he was one of the guys listed as far as most strokes gained on these multiple rotational courses. Mm. So he does fit that mold. Yeah, I think he's got a really good history. He's another one that plays these coastal courses as well, short course. Heritage type of setup. For, yeah, he's a 14th, 15th. Uh, where does he rate statistically? He is fourth in my model for 24 rounds, fourth in greens and regulation, sixth from the par fours from 400 to 450, 12th in putting, 24th birdies or better. So I get it. This is, But he's the second highest projected own guy right now out of, the, out of the whole field behind Paul Casey, again, early Monday night. That's just a concern for me. 
the the other guy that's going to potentially become very popular is Adam Hadwin at eighty one hundred. Um, I again, like him too. As we well, we did mention, you know, if there's that correlation, he plays well at the American Express. Has a has been eighteenth uh, to 39th here. He see, I mean, talent wise in this field seems a little underpriced. I know he's, I think had a. Did he recently have a baby? Was that why he kind of missed a tournament or two? Uh, that I am unaware of. I want to say I want to say that, but he rates out eleventh in my model. Um, doesn't do anything great. The only issue with him is his wedges. Like he's one hundred tenth in that category, but everything else, top twenty uh, fairways gain, greens regulation, putting like this just again seems like a Adam Hadwin type of course. So he is also one of those guys I like. He wasn't in my top three, but he's right there, and I, I'll use him. Um, and you know I like if I like the AK range. I like to put four or five golfers from that range, and then, you know, you reach down to 7K maybe for that final one. Um, and it's a strategy I'll use when I'm setting multiple lineups, and I'll do it 10 this week. So I do want to ask you before we go to who are fading in this tier, just give me a quick thought on uh, RCB and Max Homa, two other guys in this tier I do like. Homa's been playing better recently. Um, really good the last two tournaments. He's top 10 to both. Yeah, I think I looked at him. I looked at him, too, like because that was an odd name, like, why is he 8,300? He finished 10th here last year to go with back-to-back top 10s on tour right now. He's been a little more reliant than I want to see on his putter, but he's actually gaining strokes in all aspects of the game, so a good all-around game. Um, RCB hasn't played since... Oh, no, he played at Saudi. 56 at Saudi, missed at Dubai, 12th at Abu Dhabi, 20th at the DP World Tour. Yeah, he. I mean, this, this does seem like an RCB track. Has he played here... Why did he play this event before? He has. 22nd last year and 26th the year yeah. before. Nothing great, but he seems like a safe guy to turn to here. I don't know. Maybe And maybe that's – maybe you're on to something there. Yeah, safe does feel right, but I I don't know. I don't get RCB right a lot. Like, if I'm going to play a Euro Tour guy in this range, Alex Noren, I mean, 30, he was 14th at the American Express, 32nd at Sony – has been getting through approach. I don't know if he's ever played here before. Um, he is not, and that's the only reason he wasn't in my um, group of, like, seven that I love. <laughs> well, he is, but he's, he's the last one. Missed the cut at the U.S. Open. RCB was, like, 65th. I'm sure okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I used him at the U.S. Open because he's usually underpriced. I'm a sucker for RCB, but uh, I'm just not feeling him this week. Well, we've hit a lot of these guys. Is there one particular golfer you're absolutely fading? We besides the whole tier. Um, we're so opposite here, but that's cool. One of us, uh, you know, we won't have the same lineup. That's for sure. No, no. Um, I guess we'll go with the, about one of the two other guys we haven't mentioned here is Ches Reeving. I I know he was a big big reason I had a successful U.S. Open. I believe he was. Yeah, he was tied for. He was T three. He was the guy that was getting no TV coverage that week, right? Right, yes, because I do remember tweeting that out. Like, come on, the guy's top five. Can we at least see some of his shots? And he does have a second here. He was at that DJ year, but he's just not playing very well right now. So so I'm not going to pay up for the tournament history. Yeah, and and I'm with you. I had him at the bottom of the list. I am going to fade Kurt Kitayama because if there's a guy who plays strictly on the European tour, and he's played some PGA Tour events, but uh, – you know, we've seen Brooks Koepka do it and come over here and be a baller, but it took a minute. Um, different fields, so 
I feel like maybe I don't know. I feel like sometimes that official world golf ranking is a little inflated, and maybe I'm uh, I'm you know I'm just too biased with where I live, but I feel like this is the best tour, better than the European tour. Well, it definitely is. Um, let's see, Kitayama six at Dubai, thirty fourth at Abu Dhabi, second in Turkey, fourth at the fourth at the French Open. I mean that's pretty good. Third at the Italian Open. So I mean he's put he's done well in some of these. Better courses, 28th at WGC, HSBC Champions, uh, 48th at the DP World Tour. I don't mind taking a flyer on him at 8K. Like, nobody's going to, I'm sure nobody's going to own him because they don't know who he is. Ownership is probably going to be low, right? 1.5% mm. early on Monday night. I'll say he's my fade. Maybe Chess should be my fade because now with that kind of ownership number, I could see myself saying, eh, what's one out of ten lineups? Exactly. If I'm playing 10 or 20, I'm throwing him in. So I might do that. Yeah, Chess was who I had ninth out of the 10 in this tier. And by the way, um, what's I'm great too there. is if you do play Kitayama, uh, you put him in one lineup and you'll be over, overweight, overweight on the field. There you go. <laughs> As opposed to the guys that I usually play 50, 60% of my lineups. Well, you're, um, you're over the you're overweight on that field too, but yeah. Well, that's that's okay. I'd, I'd rather be overweight than underweight. Oh my gosh, right. you know what I mean. I agree. Um, well, let's take it to the seven K tier. You ready? Yep. All right, we got a big group, so we won't go through all of them. I'll just start with you, Skeeter. In this group, I definitely have a lot of names I wrote down as as players at the very least I'm interested in. Who stands out to you as your favorite in this tier so far? Well, I mean, there's only one guy I can have as my favorite. I mean. You say that I swing like Cameron Champ, and you know, no, I say you swing like Matthew Wolf. Oh, Matthew Wolf, sorry. That's okay. Wrong bomber. Unfortunately, I just don't hit the ball as far as them. But you know who my, who I really my swing really is like is Jim Furyk uh-huh. at seventy eight hundred. I don't feel good. What? I don't feel good. Why? Is that your favorite? No, of course not. He's a Steelers fan. Oh, that's right. You, that's why you. That's why I say you swing like Matthew Wolf and not Jim Furyk because oh, I don't like to talk right. about the latter at all. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but gonna win a playoff game first, James. Sorry. I think there's. Look, let's get back to golf. <laughs> go, go back hey, to the beginning of the football program. part. So there, that's on you. You started with Jim Furyk, but anyway, let's let's get back on track. I I looked at him. Um, I thought about him. So I, obviously, there's reasons to like him. Let us know why you do. First in fairways gain, first in greens regulation, seventh in the wedge distance of 100, 125 yards. His problem is can he make enough birdies and can he make a putt? But, you know, again, just doesn't seem like a long course. Has, I mean, when we look back, 14th last year, has a string of making cuts here. So, you know, I always like that ability for Furyk. Um he just feels like a, you know, maybe he's my version of RCB here for eight hundred for six hundred cheaper. He just feels safer and rates out very well in short term and long term models. So seventy eight hundred, I mean, I'm fine with it. I I completely get it. I don't have somebody that stands out as I absolutely love him above the field. Here's a handful I have. Um, yeah. I'm not going to go with my normal guy because he doesn't play this tournament very well. What? So Charlie. Charlie Hoffman is written down as a player I will use, but this is not a week to use Hoffman unless you're me. So let's just get that clear. Um, I'm going to go a little off the board here. I'm going to go with a little course history, a guy who's playing by no means good, but okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Scott Stallings here. Yeah. I'm going to go off the board a little bit. Not a guy I turn to a lot, but 
You know, he when I say he's playing okay, he's making cuts. He's not top 20 in tournaments. I mean, you got to go back to Bermuda for the last top 20. But he's got an ex- he's he is making the cuts, which is a factor. And then on top of that, third last year, seventh year before, fourteenth year before. So if I've got a guy playing good enough to make cuts, I'm only paying seven K something for him. And then on top of that, seventy six hundred to be uh, exact. I I like him. I could I could see myself making him my fourth favorite play this year. Come Wednesday night, uh, I like a few guys really similar, but I like him. Well, bad news. Um... <laughs> We've stumbled upon two of the top four project, highest projected all in the seven K tier. Well, surprise. And 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 uh, team course history has Kevin Streelman as uh, the number one play right now at like fourteen percent. So I mean, I like him, and as he was one of the guys I, I thought about right taking to uh, you know to the sports book. Oh, he won. I mean, he did well for me last year. I th- in fact, remember, I think I. I, I want to say I used him as part of the two-person one-and-done. It was better than whatever. I think I took DJ and uh, Streelman, and Streelman was great for me. So I, Yeah, right right now he's plus 10,000. 10, is it 1,000 to 1 or 100 yeah, to 1? 100 to 1. Is that right? Yeah, 100, yeah, 100 to 1. Sorry. I'm not I'm not fully in line of my betting lingo yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100 to 1. I'm not. We're still depriving the buttons. Line, so. I hit the buttons and see what it says, and then I'm like, yeah, scam that. I'll pay you for that. 100 to 1 isn't terrible on Streelman, because this is a course he's had success with, and probably another short course guy. Um, I'll quickly just go through some of the other guys that I have. Um, Lashley, when he, ke- when he comes up from, you know, third last week, that's definitely worth a look. Um, we're on the West Coast, so Pat Perez is always in play at 7,500. Prior to last year, he had a pretty good history here. Um, let me pull him up. Yeah, a couple top 10s, a 14th, seven straight make cuts until he missed last year. So I I can always go back to Pat Perez. You know, guy Wasn't he coming off of a wrist injury at this time last year, too, I think? Um, or was just getting ready to go, like, out with a wrist injury where maybe that was a factor? I'm... I'm not positive on my timeline. Yeah, no, I think the wrist injury is a little bit later because, he, yeah, he missed Sony and Farmers and missed here and barely made it, didn't really do much Genesis or API and then took a couple months off. Okay. But, yeah, Pat Perez, I like playing him on the West Coast. So he's a guy, we mentioned Streelman. Adam Long, I mean, hey, if he's going to keep playing this well at 7,300, why not? Same with Harry Higgs. I mean, he was a he was a birdie maker for me a week ago, 23rd in the field and birdies Birdies are better, good par five guy. Uh, Jimmy Walker has good course history, has been playing a little bit better, but again, he's kind of trending a little bit upward. And then, and then guy I've kind of had my eye on, and I can't tell you I know a ton about him because he's coming off the uh, Corn Ferry Tour, but has made five straight cuts with 17th of the American Express, 30th of the Farmers, 7,100 Matthew Neesmith. Um, fifth in Grins Regulation, eighth in par five strokes gained. 11th putting, 15th birdies are better, 23rd fairways gain. 7,100 seems to be playing pretty well. I have no problem going to Smith here. A name you didn't mention is Tom Hoagie. We talked about him for a second, I think, pre-broadcast. Maybe the run has come to an end. He was still 25th last week, though, right? Yeah, he was. I mean, he did make some birdies, but it just kind of felt like he was starting to kind of lose a little bit of his mojo after round one. Yeah, so I'll take a look at him. Um, I asked you last week, after what we saw at the Farmers, could we now turn to J.B. Holmes? After what we saw at Waste Management, can we turn to J.B. Holmes? Oh, by the way, another bad Sunday. He was plus 
Well, he's 73 on Sunday at the Farmers, 75 on Sunday at Waste Management. But can we turn to JB now? I mean, he's got a 10th, 11th, 23rd. Has, I mean, Graves missed his last two cuts here, but oh boy. Um, I mean, in this field, why not? I mean, why is he not in the eats? Yeah, you know, I just feel like he's worth a look. I mean, I still, you know, I think I think anyone who uses him is aware of the scar tissue from the open. Still, that's a, a fresh wound, but it's been two weeks in a row where he's finished inside the top twenty. Yeah, I think he's. And did he? Did he? He won Riviera last year, right? Uh well, he played a tournament of champions, so I'd be lying to you if I said I remember where he won. But that sounds right. I think he won Riviera. Again, he's not going to rate out real well statistically. He, I mean, in, the, in like eight round models, yes, he rates out very well. But I don't mind it. Yeah, and yes, he did win at Genesis. He missed a cut. Oh boy, he missed a cut last week or last year here by ten shots. He was minus ten <laughs> short skiing total. Shows up at Genesis and wins. Do you think amateurs were yelling at him for taking too long? The what? I'm, do you think the amateurs were yelling at him for taking too long last year? No. He probably, it probably, you know, it was, he probably had a bad first round, second round didn't get it going, so he just didn't really care and was starting to work on something, like maybe his putter, because he gained eight strokes putting when he won last year, so, at Genesis, so. But no, um, when I look back over the past couple of events here, I, his putter's kind of heating up again. I wish the approach was slightly better, but gaining off the tee, so I have, I have no problem with J.B. Holmes in this field. Okay, just a name that I thought... Uh... I thought, all right. I mean, and again, maybe he's more of a bomber course. It's not a spot, but one that came to mind. Uh, what about Sung Kang? Anything there for you? I looked at him. Why did I not go to him? Bad. He putter. wasn't great last week. Yeah, bad putter. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know why. He's one of those names I wrote down, but I'm not going to say like I'm in, you know, in love with, going to play it on, but. I could see myself playing him. A 14th here last year, 17th three years ago, miscut in between. Yeah, in recent numbers, gaining off the tee has been yeah, kind of mediocre approach around the green. Putter has been bad, but that's Sun King. Um, hmm. What does he rate out 24 rounds? He is 9th in birdies or better, 15th tee to green, 14th par 5 strokes gained. Hmm. I did look at him. I don't know why he didn't start him, or maybe I meant to and just followed Went to somebody else, so I'll put him on the list. Okay. He's, he's a name that I just wanted a little feedback from you. And I'll ask you one more. Uh, give me some feedback. And by the way, you mentioned Neesmith. He's one I think could be a sneaky guy. So I'll, I'm, I'm with you on him. What about Maverick McNeely? Any interest there? I do not. Oh, what is he priced at? He is near the bottom here. Okay, Where so is he at? Very good putter. Very good from 400, 450 yards. Not good with his wedges. What has he been doing recently? I, 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 he's made a lot of cuts recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, gained five strokes putting two weeks ago at the Farmers. But nothing else really sticks out statistically as far as, you know, he's getting half a stroke here, .7 off the tee there. Just nothing really sticking out. Seventy three hundred. Okay. I mean, like, give me Adam Long. I mean, give me Long who at least has, you know, top 20 potential. Granted, he also has top tw- bottom 20 potential. But, um... I just think I'd rather go with Long over McNeely at this point. Cool. Fair enough. Um, anybody in this uh, this group of golfers that you absolutely have to fade? Uh, Bo Hostler, because he's still not – I mean, outside of his putter, has not been doing well tee to green or hitting fairways or 
just does not rate out very well statistically for me. Okay. And I'll tell you who I'm going to fade. And, and if people watched a little bit early last week and then quit watching, Wyndham Clark, the 61 on Thursday was awesome. I mean, the dude had a legit shot at 59, too. Uh, you know, he lit it up all day. And then the 69 that he backed it up with was fine. But then 74, 72, this is a guy who shot a 79 his last round in the Farmers before making a 61 the week after. Like Wyndham Clark, who had a great, who had one great round, really is what he's had in the last month plus. Uh, he's my fade, a guy who was the first round, first week leader, first day leader, excuse me. Yeah. He had four strokes putting last week, didn't do anything else anywhere, so I'm, I, I'd be with you on that one. Let's take it to the final tier, that 6K group. You ready? Yep. You said you like some guys. I wrote a few names do. down. I don't know if I'm in love with anybody, but a few I'll talk about and think about. But let's start with you, your favorite of this group. Yeah, I'm going to choose my favorite because, again, he's the only guy right now of double-digit ownership. And, you know, as a guy that I just, the stat models love, and I've used him before, and he kind of, he, he missed at Sony, he wasn't great at Farmers, but kind of popped up again last week. Uh, it's, it's Doc Redman at 6,700. Uh, eighth tee to green, first with in the proximity from 100 to 125 yards. 19th on par fours from 450, 400 to 450. Good fairways gain, good greens regulation. Putting birdies are better, not great. Par five strokes gain, not necessarily a strength there. Maybe he's better here in a few weeks, but he's consistently gaining on approach. His off the tee is okay. Around the green struggle a little bit. Putting hit or miss, but I can live with that. Especially when, is, you're, when you're in the 6Ks at 6,700, I will take a chance on Doc Redmond. Absolutely a name I wrote down. Definitely a guy I'm interested in. I'm with you right there. I guess my favorite play in this tier is going to be DJ Trahan. Oh, he's on my list too. Okay. Uh, didn't make the cut the last time out. Was 68 at the American Express, so that's ugly. Before that, he was playing pretty good. In fact, he was playing really decent before that. Uh, and then here, 18th last year, we're talking about the 6K tier. I do like Redmond a lot. I like Trahan. There's a couple other guys, but I'll make DJ my favorite. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy, this is interesting uh, when I'm looking at the stats. Ninth in greens of regulation, 25th fairways gain. Horrible from the par fours from 350 to 450. Horrible with his wedges. 111 putting, 14th birdies are better. Like, what is he? Man, so, there's some variance there, but that's probably why he's in the 6K range. That's that's very fair. Uh, who else do you like in this range? Well, he's still one of my guys, Trahan. Um, let's see, I have a couple others here. Yeah, and I mean, McCub Tyler McCubber is making a ton of cuts. I mean, he actually played decent on Saturday at Farmers where he was with Tiger. Like, he kind of held his own here a little bit. Um, 15th tee to green, horrible putter. But 16th birdies are better. He can make birdies, has good tee to green games, 6,600, makes a ton of cuts. I can get behind that a little bit. Uh, Ryan Armour, anytime it's a short course, he mm. you can always rely on him. What's his history here? Because he was a name I thought as well. Twentieth to 29th, so that's that's about right for him. I I certainly think you can take a dart with him. And then the only other guy I gotta figure out why do I have this guy start? Mark Anderson, sixty five hundred. Well, I was gonna make a wrestling reference, but that's Ken Anderson. Wait, you mean Arn? Well, there is a wrestler who is not in WWE named Ken Anderson, oh. Mr. Anderson, who I'm oh, not sure. Oh, yes. Kennedy, right? 
Uh, he was, yeah, he was Kennedy, and that's right, he was in WWE. Okay, so, so that's why I like Mark Anderson. <laughs> I, see, I, I know some random knowledge when it comes to wrestling, just not Star Wars. Um, has Gator approached both tournaments this year, 30th and 21st? Punter has been decent. Um, I don't mind. You know, he even made a cut at RSM before the during the fall swing. So, I mean, as a last player in punt, sixty five hundred is okay for me on that. Let me ask you about David Hearn at sixty six hundred. He's been playing pretty good. He did not make the cut at the Sony Open, but thirty seventh at the Amex, thirtieth uh, at RSM, forty first at Mycova. Eighth at Bermuda. That's going back a ways. Missed the cut here the last couple of years, but has a 30th and a 21st. He's a guy at 6,600 I was taking a peek at. Uh, game three on approach at, at the American Express. Um, fifth in proximity from 125. Race out pretty well tee to green putting. His only issue is he's not great on par fives or the par four distances this week. But, yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind it looking at that, 6,600. I'll ask you another one. 6,700, Sebastian Kaplan missed the cut on the number last week. Had was, was like the stuff at the American Express where the story came out about how he's like fighting for that Olympic spot in Denmark. Backed it up with the 21st at Farmers. Like I said, missed the cut on the number last week. He interests me. Uh, very reliant on the putter. So that's always a concern for me. Um, approach numbers, not great. Did gain last week at Phoenix. But, yeah, he's kind of floating around a little bit. Who's he have to beat Dane? Um, does he have to beat Thor? Uh, is, it Thor is Thorbjorn Dane? I, or? I have no idea. I, I don't sort of. Oh. Denmark pro golfers. This ought to be interesting. <laughs> and, hey, while you look that up, I'll throw another name out there that I uh, is kind of one of my guys. Brian Gay at 6,900 has a good history yeah, here. And he's just he just hasn't good. made a cut, bro, in a oh, while. His his form right now is garbage. Yeah. Because I looked at that, too. All right, so Danish golfers, he's going to have to get up above. He has to get above Thorbjorn. I mean, he has to get above Lucas Bjorgaard, who can't make a cut. Thomas Bjorn, and my guy, and I don't know where he's been, Thorn Kelson. Like, where's Kelson? I, come on. I, used to, I played that guy a ton a few years ago. I'm not certain. I did think about that. Like, anybody on tour, aren't you automatically on the Danish uh, – golf team but i'm you know my my apologies to thornbjorn and others yeah come on Thor. i mean come on do we, do we have this we have this debate every year about thornbjorn like how great of a name is that it's a really good name when he plays in the open and that guy with that the, you know the the i don't know his name who introduces the golfers at the open right just the way he says his name is magic dude so so in my class today i uh um, one of my kids mentioned how he had an uncle named Raj, and I go, well, is it R-A-J or R-O-G? That's R-A-J, and we were talking about names in the area, I go, oh, you know, I got, and by the way, he's actually actually a 7K player, I'm not going to play him this week, but I go, oh, my favorite name from that area is Kiradesh, and then, and then I mentioned the last name of Afi Barnarai, he's like, ooh, that does flow, I go, I know, it's such a great name. <laughs> yeah, I'm not turning back to him this week. I know he's in the field. I'm not going there. He's actually got a bad course history here, but he is a guy I like to play. And, and I do have a buddy who will ask me just because he likes to say that name and he, he follows golf a little bit. Did you play? Uh, did you play Happy Bonrod this week? So, but I'm not playing him this week either. Right. And then I also had another student who was talking about golf, and she she kind of said this, before, and as soon as she said it, she realized it. But she was talking about the famous golfer Tiger Wolf. 
<laughs> All right. She immediately kind of realized what she did, but of course it was too late because everybody kind of made a comment. And well, it's high school, of course. Oh yeah, we, everybody had a good laugh. She handled it very well, and I told her, I told her, oh, I'm doing a golf podcast today. I, I am mentioning this. In fact, I need to mark the timestamp on this one. Okay, got it. It's a shame that Tiger Wolf is not on the field this week. Oh, oh, man. Can you imagine some ran, random, um, yeah, Monday qualifier, which I don't think there are for this one this week, and yeah, Team Tiger Wolf. If there, I'll tell you this, if there ever is, it may be a $1 lineup, but I'll set them. <laughs> Just like if your boy James Adams from England ever makes the uh, makes a, an event. I was thinking Tony Romo, but yes, that too. Oh, well, well yeah, that's, I forgot you love to burn money on Tony Romo. Is he in this field as an amateur by any chance? Uh, boy. Or does he not do that? I, no, he has. I, I thought he know. did. We'll have to uh, we'll have to we'll have to delve into that. But uh, um, before we before we give you the official Tony Romo amateur status, he is not in this as a pro. I can tell you that. Um, anything else from the six K tier? Anybody that you know, maybe people would look at that you would say avoid and fade. Anything else? Maybe James Hahn, like he kind of came on a little bit last week, which was funny because when I was setting my lineup, I played Zach Suture in the end, DFS hero Zach Suture. Um, I did see there was like all sorts of buzz about him this week on Twitter. He is completely embracing DFS. Okay. Yeah, because it it was a retweet of uh, DraftKings announcing that he was in the field. Well, not only that, he actually sent DraftKings a message a couple weeks ago like, hey, why don't you update my pictures, you know, and you, and... and, and <laughs> That's and, awesome, because they are the worst at that, dude. Right, so he sent him a picture, and then DraftKings actually got it and actually used it as, you know... Awesome. If you look at him, he's 6,100, I think? Yeah, 6,100. Oh, no, they took it off. Dang it, DraftKings, you screwed it up. Okay, oh, yeah, there's no picture now. That's okay, bogus. Okay, DFS Twitter's going to have to go, over, to go tweet at DraftKings again to tell them to keep it up, but, um... They did it for at least one week. I mean, people play Suture just for that reason, sure. Um, I'm okay with that. I if it's if it's money you can afford to lose, I'm okay with it. If it's a three one dollar lineup, you're having fun with it. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I have no idea where I was going with this. Oh, but oh, we're, you no, were going to fade him. No, so I played him, but when I was setting my lineups Tuesday night, he hadn't quite made it in the fantasy national yet. So I had to pick up some sixty-one hundred dollar golfer. I chose James Hahn just as a placeholder. And sure enough, Han makes a cut. It was like top 30 for a while. I was like, oh, Corey, why didn't I just play Han? But uh, um, I'll say that. Like, Duffner's down here at 6,800. No, no, thank you. Um, I mean, if – I haven't looked at weather yet. If it's getting windy, you know, Aaron Badley can always be a – you know, your random Aussie in the wind. Has had some success back, you know, early 2012, 2013, but not, nothing since then, so – but no, there's really no nobody else feeling like Bill Haas. No, just some guys who are struggling a little bit. Yeah, my fade is I, I actually oh. have a good fade in this one this week. Oh man, I was going to go Martin Trainer, but okay, go it, ahead. It's a guy who finished fourth here last year. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. I'm not going. I'm going I'm to look through this whole six K range and see. He is he has not made a cut, and we'll just look at your spreadsheet that you put together and see who's fourth. Um, it's a guy who hasn't made a cut forever. You know, it's still fun to look at it that way. Um, boy, fourth. Is it Troy Merritt? Nah, Siwoo Kim. Now, Troy Merritt may have finished fourth here. They could have been the top. finished fourth here last year? Yeah. He was good. Like, this time last year, he was playing really good. 
He's just playing really bad right now. Uh, plus eight was his score at Waste Management. Plus 15 was his score at the American Express. That was the 87, and then uh, and then he came out with a back injury. So a legitimate fade for me in the 6K tier this week. There's actually a few guys that I like that, I'll use in the, that I've used in the past, like Richie Wierenski, uh, Johnson Wagner, and I'm like, in this kind of field, I thought I might turn to those guys, and I looked at them all, and I'm like, yeah, not this week, man. So by the way, Siwoo missed five strokes, or he missed a cut, was minus five strokes gain total the week before at Phoenix last year coming into the AT&T Pro. I mean, it went fourth, at, fourth. fourth and a third of the Genesis. Like, like it's, it's one of the beauties of Siwoo Kim. Maybe he's just a better outright bet. Like, you get him. What, what's his odds to win? Because uh, they're is, way down there. Because I did, I was scrolling, and I am back on that page here. So he unfortunately, is, I can't alphabetize it. He is literally top, like top ten or bottom ten. Like he's probably a great just bet. Because when he hits, he go, he can, he shows up big time. I mean, he's two hundred and fifty to one. That might be like if you go there, that might be worth five bucks because he does have winning potential. Yeah, I mean, obviously the course history is there, um, so yeah, he's certainly yeah. I mean, dude, a five dollar bet if he wins pays twelve fifty five. I mean, former players champion Siwoo Kim at sixty four hundred. Now he has gone from my fade, where I was trying to make it a real fade in this I'm year, sorry. to a guy who did I write him down? I did not write him down on my list. Um, but yeah, even the. Uh, even the top six bet. If you I mean if he top sixes for five bucks, it pays like two fifty. <laughs> yeah. In fact, that's exactly what it pays. So, all right. Well, I guess I know what I'm doing Wednesday, and now uh, Siwoo Kim, my fade in the six K group, will somehow have uh, a bet down. So, uh, Pat all right. Mayo, I changed my mind. It's Johnson Wagner. That's my fade in six K. Pat Mayo appreciates your uh, your dedication <laughs> to five bucks on Siwoo Kim because he he donates money there every week. In fact, in fact, it was funny because. They were complaining at the start of the season, like, he's middling too much. Like, no, we want either really good or really bad Siwoo, because that's what we're used to. So we've seen really bad, so it's time for him to show up at a random... And by the way, he's also played Heritage very well, so that's a short course. So maybe there's maybe there's a short Coastal. course correlation with Siwoo. Yeah. Um, all right, interesting. So I just went from this guy I won't use to, to here he is. Uh, <laughs> so there we are. Oh, God, I'm uh, such a bad influence on you, apparently. That's all right. Uh, let's face it. In the end, that Wednesday itch was coming. There was no way I was going to, like, not watch Charlie Hoffman and have uh, my, my ticket on him. So What's his odds this week? Uh, he was down there pretty low. Not as low as uh, Siwoo, though. No. I'll have to scroll up there. Um, let's see. While I look for him, is there is there anything else from this 6K tier, anything else uh, from the, the DFS point of view here for this tournament? No, I just love how, you know, the randomness of this episode. Maybe it's taking us a little while to be comfortable doing this. Let's see. So, so far we've mentioned Masters odds. We've talked a little bit about one and done. we talked about how you and I are completely different in our thoughts on the 8K tier. I've mentioned uh, stories that my students said. One who likes Kiradesh, Alfie Barnrot, the name, and one who said Tiger Wolf. And we're now, and I've now convinced you from a fade to a bet on Siwoo Kim. And I'm here to tell you, as I've Totally scrolled by my boy uh, Hoffman here. I'm here to tell you, dude, I had a blast. Uh, I went out there by myself like a straight degenerate, sat there for about an hour, played some bets. Uh, Charlie is is 90 to 1. He's plus 9,000. Um, so, again, I'll have my number on him, but it's not one I advise to anyone else. Um, yeah, I had a blast doing it, dude. And, you know, like I said, $5 lineup, $5 tickets. I'm not, uh, you know, trying to change the world or anything. So, 
it is something that uh, that I am glad the U.S. government is allowing us to do now. Yes, uh, as, I, as I said, I, I, do I personally care if sports betting becomes legal? I mean, yes, it's fine, but I'm not itching for it. Like when it does, when we get it here in Illinois here soon, it's not so I can go bet the like the the Bears minus three and a half or the White Sox plus one twenty in a money line. It's so I can throw some of these golf bets on because that this it, is what really intrigues me. And it's you know you get four days out of it. You don't well hopefully some. Yeah. You know, my my Chaz and Brennan Steele tickets only got me two days, but uh, well, I got four days out of the other one. Charlie had to make a putt on seventeen or eighteen to eighteen, bro, to get the minus one. He sure did. Uh, and I had a five of six with that cash with co crack at even. So I was sitting there thinking to myself, I was like, man, Friday, do I want this cut line to get down to even, or do I want it to be at minus one? Because in general, it helped my lineups out at minus one, but I lost the six of six with co crack. That one cash. It probably didn't matter. Right. Well, no, so, I mean. I mean, my five and six was suture cash, so. So it was like one of those spots where I was like, do I want Charlie to miss this putt and be part of the 60, T65 at even? Oh, oh. Uh, you know what I mean? Oh, like, it was, uh, it's a catch-22 there. Yeah, because it wasn't, wasn't it 65 exactly that made the cut, or was it 66? I think it was 67. I think it was, but it was super tight. I mean, it was barely, because, yeah, because I think uh, T68 is where Kokrak finished. Um, at even, so I think it was 67 guys made it. it. Was very close. It was floating around like even somebody had called it. Like it's definitely going to be, you know, one under. And it was like, oh wait a minute, maybe not. So yeah, so it was it was one of those ones where I just kind of said, it is what it is. Uh, it'll help me and hurt me on both sides. So, um, but yeah, so I'll probably go back out there. Um, but let's we mentioned one and dones. We talked a lot of strategy about it. Let's uh, let's wrap up the podcast with just a little. Uh, a final one and done thought, and um, you know, you had mentioned that it might be time for you to get a little risky, um, a little aggressive with some guys outside of the super chalky line. We mentioned a few. Is there anything else you want to hit on the one and does? Yes, I was going to say. I think for me, Hovland is someone I'm definitely considering just because of his success here at the USAM and even the US Open, um, and I don't think people will be terribly eager to use him, like. I think people are just going to use DJ, Casey. Like, I think these 10K-plus guys are going to use, so maybe they try to get cute with Knox. So if you can somehow avoid that a little bit, um, boy, you know, I, I don't imagine anybody's really going to be on Snedeker. Maybe someone will try to get cute with Fitzpatrick. Graham McDowell could be a real interesting one. So, I mean, or if you want to play Day or Spieth, it's just the tournament history narrative. I mean... There's worse plays out there, but yeah, if I mean, if you want to use Dustin Johnson or Paul Casey or even Cantlay, I, I that's fine. I don't think you're going to get argument on me for that. And here's my thought as we uh, talk one and done here a little bit is, I've seen Dustin Johnson. How many majors does Dustin Johnson have? One. He should have three or four right now, shouldn't he? Yeah, he should have two, but... um. Well, know. he should have had the PGA that he didn't win when Clymer won, and that he probably should have won that U.S. Open that Jordan Spieth won when he three-putted 18. Oh, yeah. He also should have won the uh, year um, the year Graham McDowell won here because I think he had a pretty decent-sized lead, shot like 79 or 80. Okay, so that around. one... Yeah, that one, going back a little further, like, I look at Dustin Johnson, I know he's great, and I know people want to use him in a major... I think I might want to use him now, or maybe we use him at WGC Mexico in a little bit where he killed it last year. He's also, but he's also been dominant at Riviera over the years, too. 
Yeah, like I'm thinking I'm going to use DJ here shortly. Maybe I see what he does this week before I use him. But like while people may want to save him for majors, and yeah, he's, you know, he did T2 the Masters last year. I might think that I'll let other people use him at the majors and I'll use him at one of these other tournaments. So that's where I'm thinking about maybe using DJ this week or very soon. I think if you're going to use him, this is the week. Um, okay. It's a much weaker field than what he's going to see at Mexico at Riviera. That's very true. Um, where's the U.S. U.S. Opens in not Pinehurst, is it? I, I honestly don't know that answer. I just had this up too. Um, is Whistling Straits the wing foot? Wing foot. Okay. Whistling Straits is hosting the Ryder Cup. Ah, okay, I knew it was hosting something big this year. Yeah, so wing foot. Okay. I was going to play the DJ from South Carolina or South Carolina narrative for uh, Pinehurst, but I think that might be next year there at Pine, Pinehurst. So, no, I, I, if you're going to use Dustin in any time the next three weeks, this is actually the week to do it, just because it's a weaker field. Of course, he's had success at, whereas yes, he's had success at Mexico and at Riviera, but those are going to be much tougher fields. So, all right, that's just that was just a thought I had. That's like a me personal thing, like you know. I feel like Dustin should have won more majors. I feel like in the end, his career is going to be what could have been more than what was, with especially when it comes to majors. And so maybe that's just maybe it's just a little bit too much internal thought on my picking of my golfers. I'll for this. tell you one other spot you could use him because I'm, I doubt people will save him for this one, but he always plays well at Memphis. So the WGC FedEx, like even uh, let's see, I was th- yeah, uh, no, I was. No, yeah. What, what, I'm trying to see what he did there last year. He was... Like he was not playing well by then, right? No, but I mean, he still finished 20th, but he's got a great track record at Memphis. So, you know, if you want to be different, like if you're not going to use him now and you don't want to use him a major and you're like, ooh, where do I use him? Use him at WGC, the FedEx St. Jude, because he plays that course really, very well traditionally. Anything else before we put a bow on it? I don't think so. Um, yeah, no more football. So the only thing that you're gonna see in my fantasy fix now is basically the golf, uh, the, the tournament history, the podcast links, the favorite plays by tier, and the Wednesday updates. So yeah, so keep an eye on that. And you know, obviously, baseball not that far around the corner. If you're playing season long baseball, certainly would uh, encourage you to take a peek at uh, the Fantastics Baseball Insider Baseball software. I already um, got mine downloaded. Yeah, I use it every year. I mean, I, obviously, I'm part of the football team or, or, you know, but I use the baseball. I don't spend nearly as much time prepping for baseball. I've been winning baseball. Like, I'm not making this up. I'm not saying any further than what the actual, absolute truth is. I have won a, I play in five leagues. I have won a couple of them uh, each of the last couple of years. I was second and third in my two leagues last year, and they were right. Uh, the one I was second in, I actually made a run – Early September, just kind of faded away. The one I finished third in, I was one point behind second, two behind first. So I was, I was literally down the last few days. So definitely helps. It's, I mean, it's it's good. It is worth it. You know, if you if you play for any kind of money, if you want to win your league, it is legitimately worth it. Uh, you know, I stand by it. So um, I think that's it until we start getting into baseball season. Skeeter is golf and people getting ready for baseball drafts is what we'll be doing, right? Absolutely, yeah. And right, again, cool. even for golf, great time coming up. The, the players is a month away, and then we get into the major mm-hmm. season. And again, next week, the Riviera with Tiger and that that field, the top five in the world are all there. And even Mexico is fun in the Florida swing. So it's a good time to kind of get into golf. It really is a great time to uh, to check out some golf on TV when the weather 
has been better here in the Midwest than normal, but still not uh, not Phoenix or Riviera or uh, Pebble Beach weather. So, so um, well, I appreciate everybody listening. Skeeter and I will be back to do it again next week. Uh, before we put a wrap on it, Skeeter, would you say this is a week where maybe if you if you don't use the same buy-in every week that you back off a little bit this week? Yeah, because it is such a screwy tournament. Um, Meant to get to that earlier, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd enough tournament that if you don't want to go full send here or you want to try something different, it's not a bad one. It's also, I think, even our tournament, again, as we mentioned these, you know, like we do the American Express, it's one I think you can even take some risks on just because of the fact that there's only, you know, the, everybody's guaranteed 54 holes, and a, certainly a good 5 of 6 can beat quite a few 6 of 6s. So don't be afraid to take some chances this week. There you go. I like it. I think, well, with that, I will say thank you to everyone for listening. And, uh, you know, join us again next week. We'll be talking Riviera. But for this week, good luck at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. It's a fun one to watch. It's fun to watch the amateurs make you feel better about your golf game, too. So give it a give it a peek, and we'll be back next week. Appreciate everybody. He's Skeeter Robinson. I'm James Adams. This has been the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast.